Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louise. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louise. <laughs> Kate McMahon! Mary Bolling, uh, dare I say it, we are in swim school and we are also <laughs> uh, seemingly at an international exotic destination. So excited. Oh. So nice to see you poolside, but on the flip side, is this the least relatable episode of the whole last drop? I feel like we started discussing these episodes with just so much meaning for our lockdown lives and everything else. Um, yeah, I haven't been to Bali recently. <laughs> no, have you ever been to Bali? Because I've no, never been. actually. And I feel like I'm missing out on an Australian cultural phenomenon. So um, we, I, I'm pretty confident this episode is indeed set in Bali, a small island of Indonesia, sort of um, directly north, I suppose, of the east coast of Australia. Yes, and just a few hundred dollars worth of flight away on a good day. Yeah, and say. it's basically yeah. a cheap uh, tropical paradise holiday destination for cashed-up Australians really, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Are we going to say goodnight, Jojo? Say goodnight to the listeners of Gotta Be Done. <laughs> Good night. Oh, if anyone could see that smile. Oh, <laughs> he just looks thrilled to be saying goodnight to you all. Yeah. Are we going to get a full Von Trapp rendition? Is it so, so long, long, farewell? Farewell. <laughs> Only yes. from me, it seems. It was just giving yeah, me donuts. Yeah, he just like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, Good night, Joe. And, yeah, back to Bali. Okay. Yes. So... <laughs> I just watched this episode with Age, whose big takeaway from it is, well, do we have to start planning our Bali holiday now? <laughs> because is the healers the, have done it. Is this the ultimate in healer influencing as well? <laughs> Probably. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it does seem like it will still be a, quite a long time before those international borders reopen to us, right? Um, yeah. Because what you hear about Bali trips is – that there is sort of people to look after small children kind of laid on um, as well as villas and pools and infinity pools. Little drinks umbrellas in them. Oh, yes, so many. So, yeah, so he thinks that sounds like paradise, whereas I want to hold out for, you know, I feel like you've got to earn a holiday. Like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm picturing <laughs> taking the kids to backpackers or like how this would work even, but um, Are you planning a full convinced. European extravaganza or backpacking yeah. or something? <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> Why would anyone wish that on themselves now that I say it out loud? But <laughs> Why would you do that when you can sit in an yeah. infinity pool? <laughs> okay, it sounds like I've convinced myself. What about you? Are you coming to Bali with us? <laughs> um, look, I've never been to Bali and I, I'm not going to lie, in my younger, more snobby days, I probably thought it was a bit of a bogan paradise and uh, a void, <laughs> um, but... As I've gotten older, I kind of think, yeah, I could, I could totally dig like sitting in a cheap five-star hotel with an infinity pool and waiters bringing me unlimited little cocktails. I, th I think that and sounds quite again, nice. As you say it, like, yeah, I'm convinced. So the, the problem with Indonesia, though, in general, though, is it it's on a fault line, so there's lots of volcanoes, and Bali in particular has a very <laughs> active one, which often has ash clouds, and people are like stranded in Bali for, oh, for weeks okay. waiting for it to clear. So, 
Yeah. That is um that does give pause for thought. Clearly yeah. the uh Indonesian tourism just isn't slipping you those dollar bucks <laughs> that Bluey's obviously getting because it I do not see a volcano in the background of this episode. Oh, I do. Very idyllic. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's a little oh, like I see a mountain. Oh, is it actually? I thought that was volcano? the volcano. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. But I, I don't see an ash cloud. Perhaps no. is what I should be saying. No, it this, looks very lovely. The sky looks perfectly clear, and um, yeah. But that being said, I think we're going to be holidaying Queensland for quite some time to come. So feel free to send us all the dollar bucks, Queensland tourism. <laughs> <laughs> um. But obviously the healers are sick of Queensland. They've mm. taken their holiday in Bali. Why? Do you, reckon, do you reckon Stripe has twisted an arm here? Is this an extended family holiday? Well, it definitely seems like this is the, the healer destination of choice, isn't it? Because we've we've heard that Uncle Stripe went to Bali um, in the pool. Um, mm-hmm. And then in Christmas Swim we also saw Uncle Rad and Aunt Frisky in a suspiciously similar-looking infinity pool setup with cabanas and things, uh, mm. is it possible? I saw a few side by sides, I reckon, of um, those two episodes, and yeah, I, possibly the the healer family uh, retreat, yeah. uh, like timeshare, perhaps. <laughs> or, Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, there's so many beautiful resorts over there. I wonder, maybe um, Uncle Rad set the standard early. We know a lot of FIFO workers or the fly-in, fly-out oil rig workers in particular uh, quite often all pop over to Bali rather than coming home on their off off weeks. Oh, what a life. Bingo, walking, walking. Sorry. Running's a bit dangerous by the pool, mate. Yeah, so they feel very comfortable there. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen Bandit and Chili look so relaxed as this episode possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is all about to take a turn for the more stressful, Mary, because (laughs) they haven't met anyone yet like Karen. Okay, children, time to meet your teacher. Hello, darling. I'm Karen. Hi, Karen. Oh, Karen and Margaret, what a pair. Um, Let's backtrack a bit because the very start of this episode is Bingo running along the side of the pool oh, yeah. so excited because she doesn't need her floaties, which, um, yeah, obviously this holiday is taking place, you know, a fair, fair chunk of time after some of the other episodes we've seen, like pool where floaties are absolutely necessary for Bingo. And... Yeah, the fact that then, you know, this swim school kind of uh, rolls out. Obviously, both girls have been working pretty hard at swim school because mm. the swimming is excellent in this episode. I don't need floaties because I learned to swim. I have an observation and a question, Mary. The observation yeah. is I'm sure they had to put in that line, I don't need my floaties anymore because I can swim because they just knew that there would be real-life Karens out there. They'd be like, <laughs> where are the floaties? Why aren't they giving Bingo her floaties and safety equipment? And they just needed to set everyone's mind at ease that she was now perfectly fine <laughs> to be doing this. That did occur to me too, yes. Yeah. Um, that was a, a pure, like, OH&S waiver form sign, yeah. you know, sort of <laughs> statement. Yeah, um, yeah, that saved a pile of paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the question I have is, does this mean that the girls are going to get older as we continue to watch Bluey, albeit quite slowly? I think they've got to, like, you know, I don't think we're going to see 
a new birthday every season or they'll be teenaged before we know it kind of thing. <laughs> but um, very incrementally, um, we've got to see progress. Otherwise, it's just going over all the same stuff. Um, and I reckon actually this season we've seen more progress from Bingo than Bluey even. Um, I was thinking that because uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, postman and some of the um, acrobatic maneuvers that Bingo pulls in postman. I'm like, wow, this this pup is growing up. So <laughs> yes, like that's my theory. What do you think? Have you got an answer to your own question? Well, I'm, yeah, I, I wonder if we're going to see a bit of like time hoppy sort of stuff. I mean, you and I hypothesized a long time ago that maybe Bluey is a bit like childhood memories, you know, like mm-hmm. um, almost a bit like Wonder Years style where you have sort of that perspective of what was it like when I was a child and that gives people the freedom to kind of be older or younger or, uh, you know, yeah. sort of revisit different episode themes. And we've seen a bit of that crossover, like, you know, in, um, for example, in Army we saw the game of the adventure going on in the background with Bluey and yeah. Chloe. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if we're going to see... Uh, almost like Looper or something like that, you know, yeah, with like yeah. the, the bits of crossover that just seem to be happening. And that might mean that the fondest memories come up more regularly as well. So perhaps we'll end up in Bali back um, back in Bali a bit even because, you know, everyone loves a holiday. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, chilly? Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta go. Yes, Bali looks lovely. Until Karen comes along, right? <laughs> well, see, I actually have a, a, another view. I actually think that this Karen um, is owed a debt of gratitude by all Karens worldwide because every child is now going to associate Karens with being lovely rather than, you know, True. Uh, perhaps, you know, like these sort of um, – one that's wanting to speak to the manager slightly racist, Very you know, using my domineering, white power in the yeah, wrong way sort like, of people. I was trying to work out when Karen started and I think it was only at the start of 2020 that it became a real kind of um, pop culture, like a meme almost that, you know, you're using Karen as a shorthand for you know, particularly for people who refuse to wear their masks at Bunnings maybe. So, Ma- and- Mary, you need to go and listen to Dakota Ring's <gasps> podcast episode on. I've done one. On Ooh. the Karen and the origin of the Karen. I just re-listened okay. to it because I, th- I thought this might come up, but it goes through this whole um, genealogy, if you like, about how okay. like um, there used to be these historical names like Miss Annie and then um, that sort of changed to Becky, but they weren't uh, yep. quite sort of in the same way that a Karen is described Well, now. I guess they were pre-social media, so yeah. not everyone suddenly knew about it, yeah. But then there were all these, if you imagine like a big making a Karen stew, there were all these ingredients <laughs> that went into it and some of them were um, like this Reddit user um, basically had his ex-wife Karen and like his, his handle was something like, I effing hate Karen <laughs> and he just went through... <laughs> 
and like detailed all this. I, um, that already feels like it's putting me on team Karen, <laughs> um, just on the basis of that Reddit I know. user. But <laughs> but then there were like all these subreddit threads because Reddit, uh, um, and they sort of built this character of what a Karen was, and you know, like I want to speak to your manager and what the haircut looked like, and but then yeah. As you said, COVID really did bring the acceleration of the ca- the Karen, particularly that incident in um, Central Park where a, a man was bird watching and somebody um, oh, um, called the police. Yeah, yes. she was saying, "I'm going to call the police and say that you're threatening my life." Because she he just politely asked her to put her dog on a leash, and the sister uh. wrote something like, "Check out this Karen," you know, and that's. Mm-hmm. Partly where yep. it exploded. So okay, yeah. Well uh, worth a listen. Decodering some twenty twenty. Like yeah, <laughs> just didn't it just bring up some yeah diabolical just events? Really, like, um, you know, it's it's a bit like a big pimple. I feel like there's been some you know bad things starting to drain out, which are probably good for everyone. But yeah, oh my God, it just feels like, like they're raining on everyone at the really moment. Does. No one wants that. <laughs> Let's do kicking. Of course, this episode was being made in lockdown at the start of the year and then finally screened in November. So Karen Outrage would have been at its peak. So do you reckon um, Ludo's kind of snuck it in there as like what you're saying, an antidote to bad Karenhood? Maybe. I mean, um, I think Karen, like, and this is all from decodering. I haven't done further fact-checking, but they were saying in America, <laughs> like Karen was like the, in the top five female names from the 50s and 60s. Oh, so there's right. a lot of like 50-year-old Karens now, um, mm-hmm. you know, who hopefully like – I'm guessing quite a few of them might have their own grandkids. Uh, yeah, they're probably quite excited to see a lovely Karen being, um, <laughs> you know, helping people in the pool uh, and showing that love and respect and kindness that we can all uh, wish to exemplify. Good kicking, Marifindor. Karen, Bevan isn't doing it properly. Bevan? Is Bevan doing anything dangerous? Well, no. Then don't be a dopper, sweetie. Sorry, Karen. Early highlight of the episode is Bingo uh, self-naming, as usual, her character. Um, Marifendor. Marifendor. <laughs> yeah, did you, did you, like me, type that name into Google and see if anything came up? Uh, no. Okay. And? <laughs> so I typed in Marifendor into Google and um, it came up with all these threads about people who um, – thought that she had said Gryffindor rather oh, than right. Marifindor. <laughs> and then other people saying, no, 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 it is Marifindor. Um, and then, yeah, basically the only thing that came up was Marifindor rhymes with Gryffindor. Um, so, right. Uh, um, who knows? Okay, so it's it's a Google whack pretty much. Yeah, like it's, pretty much. It didn't exist before this episode. I love that. Yeah. Um, and Bevan, um, Bandit's character, uh, the only Bevan I was really that came to mind for me was Michael Bevan, the amazing Australian cricketer. Um, oh, um I went back further to someone who I don't even know who it is, but there was a Bevan on Young Talent Time, oh. which I never watched. I loved Young Talent Time. Obsessed. Okay, well, perhaps perhaps this is bringing back memories. I really know nothing except that was his name. But in the 90s, Triple J, which is um the Australian kind of national youth broadcaster, had a weekly comedy 
um, kind of spot that was musical comedy and they'd give at the start of the week these comedians a challenge and by the end of the week they had to kind of deliver on the challenge and it was usually, you know, write a song or a musical or whatever. Um, And, yeah, they spent a week hunting down um, this Bevan from Young Talent Time (laughs) and writing a whole musical about, you know, his life after Young Talent Time and used every song you've ever heard with heaven in it. Um, so like Bevan must be there and, um, and there was a stairway to Bevan and it just, it rolled on and on and on. And like, obviously this is stuck in my mind for the, you know, the rest of ever. Um, but yeah, I've. (laughs) I'm Googling Bevan Young Talent Time as we speak because I want to get a look at him. Oh, I remember that guy. (laughs) Yes. He looked a bit like Nudge from Neighbours. Oh, there you go. Yeah, see, I um, was always about Joey and Vince, probably, but mm. yeah, but yeah, Bevan's all right. <laughs> well, there's an excellent musical that's probably uh, lost to the winds of time. Oh my god, about he's got him, the so. world's craziest mullet in some of these photos. Bevan. So little. Anyway, so yeah, that's what Bevan wish. took me. Great name. Yeah. Um, I've got nothing on Sharon. Like, I think that was just the payback name for <laughs> Bandit to. Uh, yeah, come up with something equally bogan for Chile. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say that Sha- like Shazza in particular, like there's a, there's whole jokes in Australia about like the Shazzas and the Dazzas, like um, Sharon and Darren's. Um, yeah, they're, they're kind of your quintessential Australian bogan names, really, aren't they? So yeah, yep, fair, yep. definitely fair. <laughs> Hang on, shouldn't Bevan get in trouble for dobbing like I did? Oh yes, Bevan. Dobby. Well, shouldn't Sharon get in trouble for dobbing on me about dobbing on Mariffendor? Oh, yes. Bad Sharon. No dobbing. So Little Fish gets off to a good start. Everyone is cooperating. Um, there's a sub sort of thread running through this episode, Mary, about dobbing and, yes. um, you know, versus dangerous behaviour. So how do you feel about dobbing? Well, I was taken back to Dunny because, you know, very similar how it's it's one of those movable rules. Like I'm kind of, I feel like I'm annoyed at this episode because I don't really want dobber in my kids' vocabulary. Mm-mm. But at the same time, yes, I do want to hear if something dangerous is happening. So I think I'm kind of in the same confused camp as Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> and adopting, as usual, just stealing the rule that the Bluey verse comes up with and applying it to my own family. But I don't know, was Dobber a big word in your family? Not really, but I did use it today um, with mm-hmm. Will because um, Joe, our now 11-month-old, is a real baby Yoda <laughs> just like grabs <laughs> everything, wants to explore and just very curious um, but my four-year-old Will is not a fan of this uh, development <laughs> from placid baby, you know, who you could give a little toy to and he was happy. No, now he wants everything. Um, so he's been dobbing a lot. Ooh, and it, okay. it's like every time Joe even like tries to like get near him, he's like, Joe's hurting me. And I'm oh, like, no. And so today I just cracked it because like he literally was just like, around Will and Will was freaking out and I said, Will, are you dobbing? And he was like, no. (laughs) He knew it was bad. So he's absorbed that, yeah, that is not the preferred um, activity of 
Good Karen, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's set up quite well that yes, so it's the it's the hated activity of um Karen, but of course we're about to meet Margaret. <laughs> Welcome to Big Fish. Hi Margaret. Um, like obviously she's a baddie, so baddies like dobbing. <laughs> like, is this just reinforcing the rule? <laughs> But then no one likes Margaret, so I think we can show the result of the dobbing isn't desirable, perhaps. Um, yeah, true. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of I'm, I'm public servant, so we talk a lot about cultural safety and things in teams, and you know, you can't uh-huh. work safely, you can't work effectively if, unless you feel safe within that team. And undobbed upon, and in undobbed upon. Well, you know, like if someone's <laughs> doing something dangerous, or you know, it's fine. But you know, everyone's got their own individual ways of working, and um, yes. you know, there needs to be a recognition of that diversity. So. Uh, yeah, I feel like Margaret is kind of the playbook, if you like, on what not to do. <laughs> um, she <laughs> yep. really just seems like what baddies do you think were influencing this character? Because, yeah, she she's kind of got this almost, I was taken to another Harry Potter reference, um, you know, how Melda Staunton and how she plays um, oh, Umbridge, Professor Umbridge. Oh, yeah. The one, like, she's like, she seems all nice and polished and professional and then she like engraves like horrible things on kids hands and like is like really like like, internally wicked and horrible um even though she's all kittens and fluff on the outside so yeah I mean anyone donning a um a swim cap (laughs) and like get up like that I was like "Mm, she yeah it looks so adorable I want that for my swimming um yeah, but perhaps she just needed some of those coconut drinks that Karen was smashing back <laughs> and she could have just chilled out a bit more. If anyone steps out of line in my class, you'll get one of these. <laughs> That's called a squirty. Why'd you demonstrate on me? But yeah, um, in terms of baddies that inspired I think I go back to maybe the is it the art of war that's divide and conquer like yeah so there's a lot of divide and conquer going on (laughs) um playing people off against each other uh oh baddies do it right (laughs) (laughs) oh yes Karen doesn't like dobbing does she no well I do in fact if you don't dob you won't pass um, yeah, I feel like Margaret might have some redeeming characters, but definitely, um, you know, building a supportive team was not one of them. Yeah, no. Being a bag of coconuts, very across it. I think she <laughs> really did well on that front. But, uh, yeah, the bit that <laughs> would really, not want her. The bit that really got me was when she was actively trying to sabotage their success. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, so sad. I know. Oh, who, who did she sit on? Was it Bandit? She sat on Bandit. Yeah. Um. I can't remember what she did to Chili, but then, yeah, and she definitely did a lot of spitting in everyone's faces, <laughs> which, much like Dobba, I'm not keen no. for this to be adopted, well, but I mean, I'm not sure. Even just from the fact that pools are quite germy, do you really want, like, kids to be, like, oh, putting in There's so own- much chlorine in it. It's probably actually the healthiest thing you can ingest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's the case. Do not take that to the bank. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, look, no, just no. But of course kids do. Mm. Bon loves spitting water. So thanks, Ludo. You have uh, absolutely, yeah, nailed that 
habit down now. Um, <laughs> mm, Karen would never allow behaviour like that in the pool. <laughs> Tell you what Karen does allow, doggy paddle and ninja kicks. And, yeah, how fun. Like I'm going to be doing some ninja kicks next time I go to the pool, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that sounds – I think forget the kids doing it. Yeah, let's let's get our ninja kick happening. This is your final lesson. Ninja kicks. Hi-ya! So Bandit and Chili looked very into it and very practiced as well. So <laughs> <laughs> no classic catches though, which was a bit of a shame. Oh, disappointing. Perhaps they don't have tennis balls in Bali. <laughs> um, Always pack your tennis balls, people. Did you um like Margaret obviously comes unstuck with the the dobbing when the dobbing escalates mm-hmm. um and all of a sudden it's all coming out, you know, pointing fingers. Um, it culminates with Bandit uh, outed for peeing in the pool. <laughs> I mean, which it very much seemed like Chili was grabbing at straws there, yeah. you know, trying to make something up. Um, and yeah, got a very quick confession off the back of it. <laughs> he he peed in the pool. <laughs> it's a victimless crime. I didn't like the fact that you know we we might inadvertently normalise peeing in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's I love that, yeah, as everyone starts turning on each other um, and it looks like all is lost, of course it's little bingo and her heart of gold that bring it all back to how well they'd been working as a family until Margaret started to interfere and, yeah, made me so happy. And then that Spartacus moment, like, you know, like right at the end when they're all jumping in the pool. If Bevan fails Big Fish, then I want to fail too. Ay-ya! I'm with Marifendor. Yeah! <laughs> Come on, sis. <laughs> have you, have you seen <laughs> yes. that scene? Like, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. Uh, I think I've probably seen it recreated on The Simpsons or something. Yeah. Like, it, it feels very much like, yeah, it's just one of those things that's imprinted on your brain from birth. <laughs> there's a there's a, even a bank ad in at the moment uh, in oh, Victoria, yeah, at least. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, where, like, someone walks in and it's like, who is this? And everyone's like, I'm, I forget the name. Evan or whatever it is and then at the end it's like I have your wallet so (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a beer ad is it a beer I thought it was it is very confusing that ad I don't even know what they're advertising it's terrible yeah terrible Mm. (laughs) this is how much attention we can pay to things other than bluey (laughs) clearly we should just start taking notes in ads this is why we have a Um, bluey podcast not a bank ads podcast uh, (laughs) yeah do not get us on bluey I wasn't sort of seeing, you know, a lot of really obvious um, film references jump out here. Actually, though, now we are talking film um, and you've been watching The Crown more Mm. recently than me. All the family members turning on each other pretty rapidly and a Margaret in the mix does make me think of The Crown. Yeah, it really does. I mean, um, I was actually thinking that when we were talking about names before. I was like, Margaret, like, I'm all about Princess Margaret and Maggie Thatcher at the moment and you know, both very complex but ultimately broken women <laughs> and um, were navigating these terrible systems of tyranny. So perhaps poor Margaret is just another victim. victim of the society <laughs> that we're bringing them up in. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, <laughs> where 
get to. Well, that got deep. Uh, I reckon we might be there. Like, it's a happy ending and, of course, Karen comes back, which just reinforces the the happy reinvention of Karen and um, how all Har- Karens can take hope from this. Um, <laughs> the musical score in this sounded very classical, but did it get a... Oh, God. Did anyone you know, get a shout-out? I didn't even look at it properly because I was so intrigued by other things. I think it's an original composition by Joff. It kind of had almost like a faulty Towers-esque sort of vibe oh, to me. yes. Like yep. that sort of that um, that violin um, soaring with the, you know, it's quite sophisticated and sort of airs of grandeur, I guess, associated <laughs> with it. True. Um, but, yeah, it, it does sound a little bit like it could be a classical composer piece, but I don't, I don't think, I think it's just an original, yeah. Cool. I think I was put in mind of, you know, how um, synchronised swimming is yes. often to classical pieces and, yeah, there's so many kind of elegant manoeuvres um, in this episode that I was really thinking about synchronised swimming as well. So I think the classical kind of um, maybe not, maybe new classical, but, um, but yeah, those violins and well, with um, the goggles and the the headwear as well oh, I think that really brought the synchronized swimming vibes yes definitely so um yeah I think that was a really good fit for the action as well and then of course it was pretty you know the music really brought home the comedy you know as much as we're complaining about normalizing peeing in the pool um <laughs> it it paved the way beautifully for the final gag and <laughs> And, yeah, where else could you end an episode like this other than Bandit, yeah, creating a warm patch, which <laughs> I just don't even like oh. It's a victimless Kate. cry. Uh, um, <laughs> Except for the pool person. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your most victimised uh, player this week? No, <laughs> no, most valuable player. Most valuable player. I reckon it's Bluey. I think, um, you know, she puts on an amazing turn, Um not only as herself but as Karen and Margaret, um, you know, really contrasting the light and the shade. Uh, I think Karen really just brings home all the good in the world. I love her. So, yeah, Uh, Bluey for me. Yeah, I've got to agree with that. Like she does kind of, you know, her character create some of the problems, but is also tackling the existing problem of the dobbing in the family. So, yeah, (laughs) nails it. And, um, and yeah, she had some classic lines in this episode as well. Um, what was your favorite line? Oh, my favorite line was "It's a victimless crime." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, Bandit I, also had some. Classic I feel like lines. I'm going to pull that out on multiple occasions. So uh, yeah, Bandit nailed that one for me. What about you? Um, I think mine is split just between the word Marifindor. Um I'm not even a Harry Potter fan. I just love that Bingo goes to such weird places in her adorable little brain and um, it's split between that and, hello, darlings, I'm Karen. (laughs) (laughs) It just paves the way so beautifully for everything that is to come. So, yeah. We we did talk about that, but do you think Karen's inspired by like, I don't know, like I felt like it was very Dame Edna Everidge, um, one of Mooney Ponds and Melbourne's biggest comedy exports, I guess. Yes, but then Margaret had even more of the kind of highfalutin accent and she had the goggles that mm. looked a bit Everidge-esque. So, yeah, I don't know. I think both of them had a touch of the Edna's going on possibly. Yeah. 
Potentially, mm. maybe good Edna versus bad. Uh, so I reckon you might be on the money. Mm. <laughs> I reckon we're there. Uh, did you have any We Know That Nows? I think I might have. Uh, oh, only one that just bugged me afterwards, and that was when we recorded that. I think I said The Princess Bride, and I clearly meant The Princess Diaries. So just putting oh, that out there. I did wonder what you – okay, yeah. cool. No, I've yeah. just, I haven't seen that for a while, so fair enough. I wasn't um, rolling down the hill going, as you <laughs> wish. I was, you know, like Anne Hathaway before she learns how to do the things. So yeah. anyway, I okay. just wanted cool. to clear that one up because obviously mm. I was quite tired. Um, <laughs> oh, love. <laughs> um, fair enough. And speaking of tired, we heard from, and we know that now is one <laughs> I think we keep having to be told, but we heard from lovely Tamara who um, said, on Instagram, listen to our cafe episode and heard us discussing park arrival times, pre-dawn versus not pre-dawn. Okay. Um, she said, I'm not sure if you're in Queensland and no Melbourne, but everyone, including kids, wakes up so damn early here. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it was before six, especially in summer as the sun is up at like 4.30. Ugh. So <laughs> Queenslanders are insane. Um, <laughs> Tamara is originally from Canberra and, yes, I responded with all the sympathy on that front, but thank you yet again for clarifying for us uh, that Queenslanders get up early. No, so <laughs> I think I'd be going to sleep school rather than oh, swim school man. if that was my it, life going to take me a long time to accept this fact. Um, and 4.30. A bit more- oh, my God. <laughs> That's like the time that we used to stumble in from nightclubs. Like no one should be awake then unless you're about to go to sleep. Oh, dear. Um, <sighs> also heard from our longtime correspondent, Brooke in Perth. Oh, beautiful who, Brooke. Um, is the best. She's been uh, laughing at us in the car so much so that people in traffic are giving her weird looks, which we're just so <laughs> proud of, Brooke. Thank you. Um, but she wanted to pick up that, yes, she also, Kangaroo Beach has been driving her crazy. That line just gets funner oh. to rhyme with summer because funner is, of course, not a word. It is more fun. Um, so yeah, she's infuriated. Don't they care about the children and their future literacy? Um, That's but very esque isn't it? Like, <laughs> oh, think of the children. Um, but literacy is important. And uh, but yeah, she also took us to task about maybe not being so flattering about Paw Patrol, which oh. neither of us have actually seen that much. But she said it used to be. Super educational back t- sort of 2013 to 2016 mm. maybe. Um, and, yeah, Paw Patrol and Bubble Guppies were very important for her family. So anyone who took great offence that we were uh, not uh, honouring Paw Patrol adequately, um, yeah, that's perhaps Too I'll look into so it. sad. <laughs> <laughs> I take Brooke's word from it, but I'm not, yeah, yeah, we're not going to start watching it, to be honest. No, while we've got Bluey, I think that is more than enough dog-related cartoons in our life that set the standard very high indeed. Although I talked a few weeks about, a few weeks ago about Go Dog Go, we, it is number one with a bullet in our house. Really? Yeah. I I do need to watch that. And there's not that many episodes, so yeah, I'm already sick of it and he is not, so... (laughs) But it, it, it is entertaining. It's it's well done. So, uh, yes, dog I, shows for everyone. Where can I find Go Dog Go? Is it on Netflix? On Netflix. Okay. All right. I'll look it up and I'll let you know. 
Uh, the theme song is a banger, actually. I've had it stuck in my head forever. And the first line is, if you like fast cars in a city of dogs, which <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> what? If you like fast cars in a city of dogs or something along those lines. And, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> who doesn't like that, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Um, yep. If you like fast cars in a city of dogs, <laughs> please hit us up uh, on Instagram. We're at Bluey Pod um, on Twitter at Bluey Podcast. Uh, Facebook is the Bluey, uh, got to be done, the Bluey Podcast. <laughs> and you can email us uh, BlueyPod at gmail.com. Um, please yeah, rate, review, like, uh, oh, yeah, share so it with lovely. your friends. We'd be very grateful. Um, yeah, and hit us we, up. We are getting so close to having recapped this season. So tell your friends and they can go back to the start <laughs> and <laughs> have so much catching up to do. And, uh, yeah, that it's just a gift that keeps on giving, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, it's been a fun day in the pool, but uh, I think I think we're ready to go and uh, get out the of coconuts. this chlorine-infested um, water. <laughs> Pieces. Yes, good plan. <laughs> Till next week. Kate, it's been lovely. Uh, Got to be, be done. done. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, no, Margaret takes big fish. Goodbye. I have a feeling we're not going to like Margaret.